Hi guys, my name is Rich Evers, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to the host of our show. He's the holder of the world record for highest number of panties dropped by women within a minute immediately after listening to the man's accent. If the Olympic Committee agrees to this event, he'll be a guaranteed gold medal winner at the next Olympic Games, Rio 2016, everybody. He's Daniel Bellelli, the drunken Taoist, savage philosopher, middle finger of the gods. Put the kids to bed, bury your treasure, and most importantly... Hide your women. The Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now. And you come from Kentucky, so, uh, I mean, close enough. enough. I'm actually Hawaiian. No, you're not. Yeah. Really? I was born in Hawaii. Check you out. They're going to take me. Which island? Uh, Oahu. Show me your birth certificate. I've, uh, Brock and I used to smoke cigarettes at the mall and drink Orange <laughs> Julius's in 1973. It's going my hit rap song as soon as he... Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Me and Barack Obama. Yeah. All right, here we go. Okay, guys, I'm ready to roll. Rolling. So, Drunken Taoist Podcast, episode one. Uh, the most obvious questions that I've been asked uh, over the last few weeks that were getting the ball rolling was... Uh, what exactly is the podcast about? Wrong question right there. Because what exactly is about? It's about life, you know. To me, is I distrust specialists in any field. I don't like people who identify with one thing and one thing only. That's where experts are born and life dies. I don't care about history. I don't care about martial arts. I don't care about all the things that I like. I don't care about them by themselves. I only care them as part of how they contribute to enriching life as a whole. Tell you guys a story, for example, I guess where some of this mindset come from. Growing up, when I was a kid, every time they ask me, what does your father do for a living? I had no fucking clue. And I live with my father, I saw what he did, and I had no idea how to describe it, because I remember when I was 10 um, at uh, school, they asked me, what does he do for a living? And I'm like, uh, he speaks. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. But so, well, the fact is, he wasn't a recognizable job. He did things that he would write, he would organize events, he would do, but he would do, there was not a single job description to capture him. He would do a lot of things and they all boil down to the same stuff. They all boil down to making life exciting and cool, but not, to give you an example, one of his many, many jobs was that he would teach in a master program in fashion and design, which sounds straightforward, except for the fact that he never graduated college and he knows nothing about fashion and design. And he didn't get the job just because through some strange mafia connection, which would be the logical answer considering these elements. No, he got the job because he knew 0.01 about fashion and design, just enough to be able to speak the language. But what he did bring to the field was what none of the specialists in fashion and designs could do, which was to bring, uh, make connections between what people in fashion and design were doing and, and the wider world provide them essentially all the cool cultural connection from sports to pop culture to movies to this and that other and bringing them to how the world was changing around them and how 
in a way was showing them what they were doing in a cooler way. And so that right there to me, that's how I grew up. You know, I grew up with this sense that is about life is about interconnectedness. That's the name of the game. It's not about doing one thing in isolation from everything else. I mean, even even when people relate to me, they're like, wait, you are Italian, but you teach in American Indian studies, Asian American studies, history, philosophy. What the fuck? You know, it's like your kid is half Chinese. You practice mixed martial arts, but you study philosophy. You have been called uh, as an expert in documentaries about Bruce Lee, the Roman Emperor Caligula, the religious use of marijuana. I mean, what the f- what's the connection there? What? The only connection is that it's all about life. Wherever there's a heartbeat, I'm interested. Anywhere there isn't, I'm not. You know, so to me, asking me is not about any category that you can neatly fit under in iTunes. You know, this is the comedy section. This is the history section. This, is, it isn't. The category is passion, intensity, life. That's what we're gonna be playing with. So that's you know, long-winded version to say what the podcast is about is anything that has a heartbeat. That's what it's about. It's exciting. Because the last person I'm ever going to trust is a person that claims they have the answers. No, no, fuck that. Because I don't want to know anything from that guy. No, fuck that. Because the only thing I'm sure of about him is that he has it wrong. Yeah, most definitely. Anyway, continue on. I'm I'm, I'm on a tangent yet again. Okay. Um, Another question that come up inevitably when you start a project is why? You know, what's the point of it all? And I mean, there are clearly a million answers and we're going to explore several of them as we roll one episode after another. But one of the things that uh, struck me, in particular after being a guest on um, Joe Rogan's podcast, Duncan Trussell's podcast, um, I feel that that was a really educational experience for me to be on their podcast because it made me realize that there are many, many, many more exceptions out there than I imagined before. In other words, there are many cooler human beings than I thought. I mean, I know there are some cool human beings. I realized there are more. And largely through the audience that these guys have been able to gather around them, I realized that there are many... You know, I guess to me, the whole point of here is making making connections for people who feel like they may be mushroom spores from outer place, outer space that have somehow floated on Earth, but you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? You feel difference from everybody around you. You feel that something is... It makes you wonder, like, am I some strange alien from outer space? What am I doing here? And mushrooms, you know, like, botanically, they have no roots, at least, I think think they have no roots. If I'm botanically incorrect, by all means, do not tell me because it would fuck up my metaphor and I don't want to hear it. It would just piss me off. So please indulge me if I'm botanically incorrect. So let's pretend mushroom has no roots. Whether it's true or not, please go run with so it. So we won't mention that the rhizomes that actually create 95% of the creature... No, fuck science. Okay. Uh, we are into poetry zone right now. <laughs> so... Point being, you may feel like you are a mushroom spore with no roots where you grew up with the people around you where you went to school and yet through 
the wonders of technology, I guess, through something like podcasts, through the net, through something. The fact that it puts us in contact with people from across the globe who have similar interests, it may open up to the possibility that there are there are places for weird people like you. And there are many other weird human beings like you who have something special going, who also feel the same weirdness and a level of alienation with their surroundings. And not because necessarily they are wrong, but because there's something awesome about them that their immediate surroundings don't reflect. So part of what I want to do here is bring together a whole bunch of cool human beings that will come up on the podcast, have fun conversation, have intense conversation, have passionate conversations, where may strike a chord with the experience of some of you guys sitting at home or in your car, wherever it is that you are listening to this stuff. And uh, hopefully we run with it. You know, you get something out of it for your own life. We definitely get something out of it by having these conversations. And, and not only among us here in studio, half of the fun of this is interacting with you guys listening. That, to me, is the biggest gift. Like, the Rogan experience, the Duncan Trussell experience for me has been not only hanging out with those guys who are awesome human beings, but getting to know a lot of wonderful people who have written me, who have come in contact with me. That's where the fun is. And that's what we're going to be doing as we roll with the Drunken Taoist podcast. Here, here. No, I couldn't agree with you anymore. It's, um, I'm, I'm sure people have already examined it and discovered that we are desperate for conversation. Mm-hmm. That we've been a society that for so long the TV has blared at us, the radio has blared at us, buy this, do this, stay tuned, blah, blah, blah. Right. That to just hear people talk, it's a, once I found it, I never switched back. Right. And I can't wait to see what's better. But, uh, no, I'm with you 100%, because it really is a fascinating collection. And, yeah, I think everybody does sort of have that feeling that I do have to get you straightened out on the mushrooms. But that's cool. <laughs> I don't want to know. Oh, you do want to know. Mushrooms, it turns out that single species exist in, in, around giant orchards. And if the fir trees need this nutrient and the maple trees need this nutrient, they will swap it through the dirt and make sure that they're tree friends that are protecting them. Damn science nerd. Oh, but, well, you know, you're no, the history nerd. Story. I will want to hear it, but not when I'm running with <laughs> But, yeah, I was that for a goal for the podcast as a reason why we do it. Elevate the quality of human life. How about that for a humble goal? That's a humble goal. I, just, I can't remember who told me along the way. I don't know where the hell I heard it, but they said, you'll never change the world. But if you're lucky, you might point it a half a degree in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, and if you've done that, you've really done something, mm-hmm. or just held it fast against these insane motherfuckers that are trying to run the place. And um, if, I mean, ultimately, nobody goes out and change the world by wanting to change the. You know, it's, it's such a big, humongous series of things around us that you can't just by sheer willpower just I'm going out and changing the world tomorrow. Well, yeah, that's sweet. Good luck. Yeah. At the same time, nothing ever changes unless people believe that they can do it. So you need to be both optimistic and realistic at the same time. But the point is, regardless, when you put your energy in a good way, regardless of the ultimate results, 
you're gonna have fun in the process you're gonna have people along with you who have fun in the process and maybe that's ultimately what changing the world is in m- moments by moments not necessarily super great scheme of things but that right there it's happening in that moment in that connection if it happens in more long-lasting fashion, so be it. Even better. Absolutely. Well, you, you know, your pal the mini Dalai Lama would tell you, we are obviously here to be happy. Because if we weren't, we would all just go kill ourselves. Right. And right, yeah, there's right. suffering. But there's got to be good with the bad. The yin with the yang. And uh, it's funny. I've always thought that where we exist is on that edge between the black and white borders. Yeah. Where the... Crazy I'll go off on color schemes. I'll go off with yin yang stuff a lot. I, we're the drunken Taoist podcast. Absolutely. Well, it is one of the greatest symbols of all time. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, You're not going to tell me uh, something like sad that the no, Nazis try to co-opt it or something. Or yin yang is the best thing ever. Yeah, I agree. And because we're the drunken Taoist podcast, so is wine. But okay, guys. So next your intro. Soon we're gonna jump into a conversation with Duncan Trussell. Now, you're from the South, right? I'm from yes. Nashville, so... From where? Nashville. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. Ah. Nashville, Asheville. They're, they're, the rest of the world thinks they're the same. I promise you that. I left the South because I got tired of answering the question, I don't go to any of your poisonous churches. <laughs> because what people out here don't realize is the third question you're asked by anybody in the South is, so, what church do you go to? Yeah. If it's not the right answer, that's the end of that relationship. Yeah, fucking cultists. Oh, children of the corn, sons of bitches. How old right. were you when you uh, when you got out? When I got out of the south. Yeah. Oh man, I see. I got lucky as hell, man. I I like had fell in with a group of. I was a, in high school during the undocumented acid boom of the nineties, so <laughs> I like had easy access to acid like really good lsd all the time that sort of saved me from a lot of the conditioning mechanisms that are in place for people who who don't come in contact with that right now we're ready to go we're going we're rolling guys okay so tonight we have uh, speaking of which your your strawberries yes for you uh we got our traditional strawberries uh, it's by now uh, a classic for us. It's been uh, when I was a guest on uh, Duncan's podcast a couple of times ago, I told this uh, Zen story about strawberries, and then some very talented artist named uh, Paul Clawiter, Clawiter, I think Clawiter. Uh, if I'm butchering your name, man, I'm so sorry, but you should by now have figured out that I butcher every word I say in the English language, <laughs> so it's nothing personal. I love you, you're great. But in any case, he put together this animation of the story, put it on YouTube, love it. So now the whole strawberry thing got out of hand. I got this tweet from somebody in uh, London that uh, he ran a cocktail bar and he named one of uh, <clears throat> their new cocktails after the whole strawberry reference in the really? podcast. Yeah. So there's a cocktail bar in London that has a d- drink named after us. 
Granted, awesome. naming him the Strawberry Connection makes it a tiny bit gay, but we're Super not Republic. <laughs> we're not Republicans, so we're we're all cool with it. Yeah, it's, I'm totally cool with it. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's but, amazing. So we've been made into a drink. Yeah. Now my next dream is to make it onto a sheet of acid. That's always something <laughs> like you know that you've done it. If you like right. your face is on hits of acid, you've done it. You've won. If someone takes the time to do that. Dunkin' doses. Yeah. I, I think it can be done. I think. I mean, are... I, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I know that there's. You can buy blotter paper art. For I mean, I know there's. Right. Uh, there's, but with no, not nothing on it. You know, it's essentially a napkin. Yeah. No. No. But plus, it's cooler if somebody does it for you instead. Yeah. You find out all of a sudden that that's what's up. That it's that's, out there. Yeah, it's yeah, floating yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. That's so great that people are looking at that before they reach union with the eternal intelligence <laughs> of the universe or like yeah. freak out in a fish parking lot so you either turn into their savior or the demon but yeah. either way they'll remember you that's either for sure way they're learning something <laughs> yeah 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 one thing i wanted to mention duncan is i thought the first time that we did a podcast i thought it was hilarious because we are talking about actually you were talking about some of the weirdest references in religious literature and i was like fact this man knows everything i mean i teach classes about the history of religions and i was like he could so steal my job any day and then oh, no. after that you're like i throw in some random hidden reference to a led zeppelin song without even making it explicit and you are boom you are on it immediately and i'm like is there anything that this dude doesn't know about it's like that's one of the yes. thing that i thought was fun is that you seem to have a brain where fields that normally don't go together somehow found space in your brain to all fit in there that's not typical how who the hell are you man <laughs> well you know man my i i have a uh the exact same feeling when i get around people who are familiar with sports right like if someone knows a bunch of football teams or mm. and knows the players on the team and understands years of games when i hear them talking about that it's is it's I can't understand how they they can remember that level of detail right. about something that to me just seems like a endless repetition of random variables in the form of very right. athletic humans being rolled onto a green field <laughs> like some kind of game of like primate crafts <laughs> where you're just rolling out these athletes right. and yeah. see like see the inverse what number pops out at the end right you know and I understand it's like chess. That's what people are really into football. Right. With. Like, because I've had friends who try to get me to like football by putting it in relation to like uh -huh. esoteric ideas, but I can't get into it. The only way that someone has really articulated football in a way that made me want to like get into uh -huh. it is they're like, no, it's like heroin. You <laughs> get to shut your brain off and watch people slam into each other for a couple hours while you're getting drunk. That makes sense. And then it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. That makes fucking sense. Like, that <laughs> fucking makes perfect sense. Somebody once told me that uh, once, you enter, once you enter college, if you're a top athlete, then the, the schools are trying to recruit. You see, you know, where they want to put you, whether you're the best. You're great at basketball, you're great at football, you're great at a lot of stuff. So the coach will come up and hand you a candy. And story goes that if you unwrap it before eating it, then you're a basketball player. Otherwise, <laughs> football is your sport, and uh, that's the way to go. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, not to be stereotypical, but yeah, I can see the point. Yeah, yeah, right, man. So yeah, that's hilarious because football is such a uh, uh, this this incredible sport. And the other thing that's really funny—not funny—it's the most dark 
macabre <laughs> thing ever is that football players have taken to shooting themselves right. in the heart so that their brains can be studied to determine the neurological impact as though it's a mystery. Shit. That's like, it's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. Does slamming my head <laughs> against something at 15 miles per hour, however, six miles per hour, how fast right. they run? What's the combined right. damage? Is that going to hurt the soft, delicate, neurological computer floating underneath my skull? Right. It's like having your a hard drive that you've been throwing on the ground and then taking it to a computer scientist to be like, can you explain if it's bad to throw this on the ground? <laughs> I saw one. Uh, remember the guy, um, mixed martial art guy, Forrest Griffin? You know, he was a uh, yeah. light heavyweight champion and stuff. There's a uh, footage of Forrest when he was playing uh, football in college, I assume, where there are all the other guys, you know, headbutting each other with the helmet on, kind of as this tough guy thing. Yeah. And he took his helmet off and headbutted everybody with the helmet on. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, what can you say to that? You know, What can you say? Yeah. The folly of youth is what you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the folly of fucking youth, because yeah. cut to age 60. Yeah, that's... Sitting in a fucking that. recliner, the stink of your warm urine <laughs> rising up from you. It's been kind of like festering there, mixed in with a thin trail of your diarrhea from the supplements that you have to eat just to keep yourself from not having a seizure. Right. A thin stream of drool rolling down the side of your face that's completely frozen from the third stroke you had. A complete inability to understand anything that's happening. Right. You know, you no ability to articulate, to remember. No short-term memory. You don't know what happened 10 minutes ago. You don't know. You can remember clearly the 80s and the 90s. Right. You can remember the glory days, but everything else is just like looking through a, a, a broken kaleidoscope filled with just mud. That's your life. And you and all you can experience is this kind of dreadful anxiety right. until finally you decide to shoot yourself. Because you'd rather die than be in this kind of silly putty universe. My philosophy professor, when I was in college, his dad died of Alzheimer's mm -hmm. disease. And he explained it in the most horrifying way ever. He's like, imagine life where you sit down for breakfast and then it's nighttime and you're standing in front of the mirror and there's no space between. Oof. Imagine that. Yeah. That no space. Good. Just gee, these leaps forward towards your demise. Damn. Bam. Yeah. Bam. A month. Two months. Four months, you have no memory of what you did in between, wow. and then you just die. So that's that's Alzheimer's disease. And when you start fucking with your brain, yeah, it's like that's not you, a good thing. Never. Yeah. By the way, you paint quite a picture, man. Oh, <laughs> There's thank something you. to be said there about that <laughs> visual that you provide, and that will be stuck in my head for the next week, and uh, that will be fascinating right there. But no, one thing that I wanted to throw at you is. I know when you were saying uh, I'm I'm blown away by people who can remember everything about that one field yes. and it's but at the same time the thing that I find cool about our conversations before about the weirdness that is you is uh, the um, it's not so much knowing everything about one field you know if you put in enough time you will the people right. do is having a brain that somehow can access like 15 different fields of knowledge that normally normal human beings will specialize in one will know everything there is to know about that one thing 
and but then again they will not know any damn Led Zeppelin song or right. they will not know how to seduce a hot woman or they will not know how to play with kids you know what I mean they will they will be that one thing and right. that's their entire being and that's clearly not your approach to knowledge and no. or to being and so I'm intrigued with that oh well it's you know I've, I don't think I have an approach to knowledge mm-hmm. in the sense that I'm like my it's more it's not like there's a I wish I had more of an mm-hmm. approach to knowledge because I'm lazy and, and I have all these great books in my house uh, that I should be reading, but I, I get distracted by uh, video games, by the most <laughs> pathetic thing ever because I have these. But when I do read, when I finally manage to sit down and read, I do lock onto the stuff, especially if it – the way the information imprints in my brain, I think mm-hmm. – is that sometimes I'll come across stuff that answers questions I've had for a really long time right. in a super cool way that I've never heard before. And somehow the relief that comes from having a new handle to put around mm-hmm. something that up until that point I've been confused about maybe burns the shit into my head. Right. But everything else, I don't remember shit. Yeah. Faces. Dude, I just walked, I, I was, I, I, I like walked up, up to the cafe this morning and there's a guy with a beard and I he he was looking at me like he knew me and waving at me and my mind is no different from someone with like late stage senile dementia <laughs> like cuz it's it's like not only am I my vision's fucked up like I'm right. farsighted so it's just kind of this yeah. like fuzzy thing when I get closer I'm like well I think it's my friend William so I'll just act like that. I'm like, hey, what's up? You grew a beard. Because <laughs> my friend doesn't have a beard, but right. kind of facially looks like him. He's like, I'm from the record store. Like, I ran into him at a record. Right. He works at a record yeah. store I went into once. So it's really embarrassing. So what I mean is, like, there's a I, – I, I, I will accept that my mind is a sponge for esoteric right. symbols – but everything else is no. But then again, you we can chat about Led Zeppelin's song. We can chat about you know you because name it. Because they're into the occult, of, you know. Led right. Zeppelin's like I love Led Zeppelin because uh, uh, Robert Plant, uh, no Jimmy Page uh-huh. was you know into Crowley right. and actually bought Crowley's yep. um, home and was living in it for a while. And when you right. listen to the music, even the you know, reviled Stairway to Heaven, when you listen to that from the perspective of a thelemite which is you know the name of crowley's religion and suddenly all those symbols you realize mole wow holy fuck he was deep into this shit man because he's like weaving some hardcore symbolism into this like you know from the kabbalah and the tarot and and you know and and when you listen to led zeppelin um it just kind of feels like he's singing about lord of the rings and he is singing about lord of the rings sometimes right Yeah. yeah <clears throat> but it seems like it's just like almost like fantasy rock. Right. But it's not. It's like really deep um, uh, Crowleyan metaphysics in, in that shit, which I love. Right. You know, because when you weave into your your art um, living symbols, mm-hmm. then the art will can can really gain a kind of immortality. Right. And when you don't do that, then you just got this dead thing got it so if i throw if i throw out there the beach boys instead 
they wouldn't have had quite the same effect. <laughs> it's Led Zeppelin because there's a guy. Yes, the Beach Boys are not going to yeah, take yeah, you mentally. Yeah. They're going to take you to a certain place sure. because that you know the the mind behind it is a someone who's was an outsider artist and right. a kind of lunatic. So they are going to like you do kind of feel like behind the beach music mm-hmm. there is a howling pit right. of suffering. Like when you realize that it's kind of awesome, right? But you're still not you know yeah. you're going to get what you get from Zeppelin or or from. Um, even fucking Black Sabbath, even though that's right. a more rudimentary mm-hmm. approach, that's kind of like basically like a, it feels like a, uh, an angry Catholic who decided to go dark. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure they will love you for saying that. <laughs> I would walk up to them. And <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, like anytime right. people start worshiping the devil, right. the, 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 funny thing about anything involving the worship of satan the satanic bargain mm-hmm. meeting the devil and the devil wanting your soul right these are such rudimentary approaches uh to symbolizing n- not reaching your maximum potential or setting uh your boat in a in a harbor right. long before your destination in exchange for all the booze and women and pr- making yourself think you're in paradise, you know? Right. But just being like, oh, it's the devil. It's this dude who's, like, <laughs> fucking obsessed with, it. like, right. super-evolved monkey souls. <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't know. I just like him. Like, there's, there's right. some other part of the universe where he's just, like, an old man who's got a stamp collection that's just, like, lazy monkey souls. Let's speak of the other part of the universe. What you were saying... Um, you know, I went to the um, coffee shop. I saw this guy with a beard and stuff. I was totally picturing you you meeting yourself from a parallel universe. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy again? It's like, looks familiar, but I'm not quite oh, sure. That would be fucking With the weird, beard. Huh? And, yep, yeah, yeah, that would be weird, running into yourself like that. Yeah. Man, that'd be a, a fantastic um, and, and, and cruel thing to do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a cruel thing to do? If you ran into yourself... This is actually a spoiler from The Time Traveler's Wife. Have right. you read that? No. It's pretty interesting. I think it is it is about a guy who could kind of run into himself. But here's the big question, man, that everyone must ask about time travel mm-hmm. from the perspective of the way time travel works is it goes into parallel timelines into the past. You can't go back in your own timeline, You could, but you can jump to parallel timelines right. if you believe in the multiverse or whatever. So if you could go back to yourself at your most horny time, would you suck your own dick? <laughs> That's the ultimate question, right? That's the foundation of all metaphysical inquiries. I see the point. And that... <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Uh, I don't think I'm going there, but... Um... So you get... But every... I mean, I'm assuming every day or every other day, right. you give yourself a hand job. Somehow that seems more acceptable. I don't know why, but yeah, when you put it away, I can see the I can see a question mark of why that's okay and the other one isn't. But. I mean, it's a weird thing when you right. like you ever do that where you look down at yourself jerking <laughs> off and you're like, I'm jerking off a dick right now. <laughs> like that is a dick in my hand. Like I am giving a hand job to a dick. It just happens yeah, to be look. attached. To me. Yeah, yeah, giant, giant, powerful. Full dick, <laughs> a legendary thing, <laughs> but still a dick. <laughs> you know, 
so in that and from that perspective it's like if, if you could time travel back and like think of your most horny time if you ever tried to suck your own cock well that requires more flexibility than i can ever manage but you've never tried i think i may have when i was 10 or something and then i quickly realized yeah, physics being physics is not gonna happen and i quickly give up i fucked my back up when i was a kid <laughs> for like two nights straight for two, two nights trying. straight i was trying to suck my own dick i was so horny like i'd found out about blowjobs and there's no way one of those is gonna happen when you're like 13 right <laughs> So you're like, so you're gonna fuck. You're like, that's when you're the most flexible, right? You kind of know you can do it. (laughs) I wonder how many emergency rooms. I wonder how many times they have to cart in kids rolled up like a fucking bug. Forget that. There's a friend of mine who um, at UCLA. He works in the X-ray department, and he tells me the amount of stuff that people shove up their ass on a regular basis that gets stuck there and they can't do any. Some do that told me not too long ago I shoved this old bottle of champagne and couldn't get it out anymore and so they were like having to drill a hole to create uh, uh, kill the suction effect and be able uh, to somebody had um, the standard drug this dude had uh, shoved the vibrator so deep that he couldn't get it out anymore and that the uh, story got like the nurse was all freaked out and she was all like what's gonna happen with this guy he's like did he come so we can get it out and stuff and they're saying no no he just want the batteries change just leave it in there <laughs> just change the batteries that's all <laughs> and I was like yeah man people do some strange stuff to themselves when nobody's watching you know you know how they have those commercials for that special cancer hospital that they you know there's I don't know if you've seen I can't remember the name of it but every once in a while it'll come up it's like if you've been diagnosed with stage right. 4 cancer there is hope Mm-hmm. Like they should have that a special hospital just for people with things in their assholes. I think there would be a lot of customers right experts, there, experts, yeah, you know, I mean, and like a special like. We're in LA after all, right? <laughs> so it's yeah. yeah. In a fucking gift shop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the colon hospice. That would be the best. All yeah. the thing you could just and, and I, I mean, it's, it'd be an interesting display of, of things floating yeah. of uh, all the uh, things that have ended up in the human asshole. That's got to exist somewhere. You know what? This is totally random because it's purely because we're talking about disgusting medical things yes. uh, and uh, even more disgusting sexual stuff. So here we go. Sorry, <laughs> I, I had this story stuck in my head ever since it was told to me, and I have to get it out of my system. Be ready. This is one of the most disgusting story of all times. Uh, well, no. Okay, sorry. I'm talking to the master, so no, yeah. not for your standards. Yeah. But this is actually a real story. I'm not making it up. Um, this humongously, let's say, chunky to be nice, but you know, super insanely obese woman yes. with her husband was actually small little guy. They went to this uh, doctor who was actually a friend of mine and uh, said, you know, we've been trying, we've been trying, we've been trying, can't get pregnant. I don't know, you know, what's going on. And she's like, hmm, that's weird, you know. Well, we have a bunch of tests, look like you're okay, looks like everything's fine. Well, l- let's take a look. Start lifting, you know, the pounds and pounds of rolls of fat that are covering everything yeah. to get to the goods. And as, <laughs> as they lift... the right word for it. <laughs> as they lift, they realize that, well, turns out they thought they were having sex. They 
weren't actually. <gasps> the dude that thought he was inside was actually going in between the fat folds and there were remnants in there. Fuck the fold, baby. Fuck the fold. <laughs> my hair just turned gray. It's, okay. <laughs> it's like my face did that thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they look, when they look into the ark and it's melting. I like yeah. wax melting down my face. <laughs> God, just think of the fucking smell. See, I know what that smelled like, kind of, because... <laughs> don't tell me why. Please don't tell me. No. Because, yeah. like, oh. I used to... F- when when I when There was a time when Joe was sponsored by Fleshlight, yeah. and so you would do his podcast, and he would just give you a Fleshlight. So I ended up with, like, an embarrassing number of Fleshlights. Like, if you went to someone's house and you didn't know that they were friends with someone sponsored by the company, you would be like, what the fuck what is the, wrong with right. you? Why do you have a menagerie right. of flashlights. But the reason I know what that smell is like is because um, uh, I, I took one in the shower and was fucking it, right? <laughs> and, I, you know, you, you it's like an imba- it's like perhaps one of the most absurd acts that you can engage in because uh, you're fucking a, you're, you're fucking a can. Yeah. Like, it's a can. Right, right, so right. So you're fucking a can with a, a pussy in it. And you're, and you're, you're, you know, it feels great, but the, the before and after moments are really rough. I would compare it to like the same kind of depression you get from coming off of cocaine or it's, it's this sense of like, I, I, I'm in a part in my life right now where I'm fucking cans. Like that, that's the kind of where I'm at right now. Why, why be so judgmental? It's okay. I'm it's fucking cans. No, it's okay. But I mean, it's like, you know, while you're guaranteed, right. while you're fucking that fleshlight, yeah. George Clooney is in some Swedish villa fucking a goddamn, probably an, an alien angel hybrid that flew down just to have sex with him. So just on the scale of things your cock can be existing inside of, it's not like, it's not the ultimate thing. It's not where you want it. But my point is yeah. that, so what, it, what I did was I left the thing sitting on top of, uh, the shower. Right. I just forgot about it. It's like Ooh. it's like oh whatever. Forgot about it. And and I, I you know I just it's just sitting there. You know, kind of in the shadows. Yeah. This thing yeah. just yeah. filled with with old jizz in a can in the shadows, just sitting there. So I I took it down. Right. And I opened up the base of it out of a kind of like because I knew I wasn't gonna fuck it again because the thing had been rotting in right. darkness for a, probably yeah. a month. But I still this. Uh, I suppose scientific slash Jeffrey Dahmer part of myself wanted to see the results right. of jizz sitting in the bottom of a can for a, a month. And I opened it up and it was a vicious black ooze. Like it was black, like the color of, uh, the color of, um, I'm trying to think of how to put it. Like a, I'm familiar with the color black. You know, I think no, I know what no, it is. No, yeah, I know you're familiar with the color black, but this is a different black. This is like a black that doesn't exist in this universe. Like something that would, like if there was a a, 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 a hell toad like if you went to hell and there was a super intelligent toad that was in charge of like you know belching out evil things this is, would be the color of the drool running out the side of its mouth just this thick vicious black right. like human something out of a human I've never seen anything that black that's like organic like uh, so, so anyway yeah and the stink 
the stink of the old jizz. I can imagine. Actually, I don't want to, but I can. No, no, no. This was like, I, I, this is like, it was, um, I play StarCraft 2. Right. And uh, if you, have you ever played StarCraft 2? So it's this video game where you get to choose different races uh-huh. to be. You can be Protoss, which are these kind of like noble, paladin, cleric, right. warrior, sci-fi creatures, humans, whatever, boring. Or the Zerg, which are these aliens that they're, that have a hive. And the hive they come out of looks like a, just a, a genitalia, just a, a tumor-covered genitalia. So... That to me is what that would smell like. It would that would it's it smells like an alien plant <laughs> filled with demons. Like it, it smells like what you would expect when you got uh, sucked into a UFO. The worst smell is what I mean. Anyway, I'm sorry if I went too deep into that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm, so I'm what I'm saying that. is, if you can imagine the stench of this right. doctor lifting up the fat folds of a morbidly obese woman who's been getting loads caught in a fat fold for God knows how long. Because my fleshlight was in the dark. Right. And it was in the cold. This is a fucking, what do you call that? Petri dish. It's a Petri dish. Or what do you grow, what do you hatch eggs in? Incubator. It's an incubator for that dude's sperm. Yeah. Wow. A digibator. What if she opened it up and it was a fucking thing in there that was half formed? (laughs) Shut the fold! Shut the fold! Shut the fold! Part of the best part of it is that I remember the face of the person telling me the story and they were scarred for life. Like I could tell that life was never going to be the same for them after that. Here's the things that they wake up remembering. This is what in the middle of the night when they wake up screaming. Right. uh, When they forgot to take the the Ambien that they're going to have to take for the rest of their life. The first thing they're going to think is the sound of pushing the fat up. Right. And then, and that's then, not the good one. You got to get the next one. Yeah. Then there's one like a mouth inside a mouth. So someone's got to hold open that fat <laughs> fold. There, like petals, like petals on this fat fucking devil flower. Right. <laughs> it's got jizz in it. A jizz-filled yep. fat flower in the fields of Satan. Fuck. Yeah, man. That's uh, quite <laughs> again. You're quite the poet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's distract you. Okay, let's take you away from disturbing things growing in dark places. Thank and you. Uh, oh, speaking actually, before we do that, by any chance, you have, Joe always promised me, oh, you've been on the, uh, on the podcast twice already. Let me make sure to get your flashlight next time. Never done, the bastard. So, do you have any that have been left unused, preferably anywhere in the house? Or? Uh, hell no. No, I actually That's got, like asking. I like, know, I know, I know. It was a that, stupid question to ask. No, man. Yes. My cock went in every one of those fucking flashlights. <laughs> After trying all the keyholes for months, eventually those things came in handy. Yeah, but, yeah man. Yeah. You just do it. I mean, I'm, you just do it when yeah. you're bored and you're like horny. You're, you're, I see the point. You know, yes. and it's, and there's a, and we don't have to keep going into this, but it is a funny thing where it's like, for a guy to fuck a can, it, it is far less socially acceptable than for a woman to have a vibrator. Right. right, right, right. Like, if you go over to a, a, a girl's house, they might even leave the vibrator. I was like, whatever, yeah, right. you use a vibrator. You like to come. No big deal. But if, like, a girl comes over to your house and sees an open fucking can with a pussy sticking out of it, yeah, that's forget it. Not going to go well. It's, yes. Yeah, it's yeah, over yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'll take you away from your disturbing imagery, sexual and otherwise. Uh, well, not that much, because we're going in different dark places. Um, one of your most famous beats, I think, started out on Joe's podcast, but has become kind of a classic for you, is the Kill the Vampire beat oh, yes. that you do. And I wanted, you know, is it fans of the twilight series have cut you off in traffic or something it's like <laughs> why <laughs> you know tell us more about the whole vampires lane ways of yours okay so what it is is basically there's this idea that i have which is uh though so you have like a your life and many people have said this before uh or used this analogy but your life is like a symphony and a symphony consists of harmonics a symphony consists of uh, a lot of different variables harmonizing together to create the sound that the, compu- the, the composer uh, uh, heard in the composer's mind. So a goal is a symphony mm-hmm. where you have considered something that you want your life to be. And because n- no matter what your goal is, it's never going to just be one thing. It's always going to consist of a series of things that had to come together to form that one goal, whatever right. it is. If you want to get in shape... If you want to be in really good shape, it's not just being in shape. It's sure. you have to be eating right. You have to be right. taking vitamins. You have to be uh, exercising in a very specific way to reach that goal. And all those things have to come together in a harmonized way, which creates uh, a realized goal. Uh-huh. And so a wonderful life would be a life that consists not just of the harmonies within a goal, but three or four or five different life goals all harmonizing together to create your the ultimate version of yourself that you can be in this incarnation. So, a vampire is a phenomena of uh, dissonance that you have allowed into the symphony of your life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it is something that does not resonate with the ultimate version of yourself. Uh So the vampire, when it takes the form of a human being, is a person that is throwing off your ability to spin the plates or to mix the various elements together to form the uh, medicine that you're trying to alchemically brew. Right. And so that that being... um, if you have a person like that in your life, which I call a vampire, then um, that person is has to be removed from your life. Right. If you want to re- if you want to create the symphony, uh, uh, if you want your life to be a a beautiful symphony. Now, some people the symphony is filled with dissonance. Right. Some people the 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 what they're looking for is a dis- dissonant existence and. Um, uh, so in that case, I suppose being surrounded by thing, you know, chaotic beings that are sucking your energy or causing uh, disharmony in your life is is good. Right. If that's really what you want. Sure. But no one really fucking wants that. What happens when you hear a baby crying? Right. You immediately want the baby to stop crying mm-hmm. because it's so dissonant. The sound of sure. a baby crying is so fucking dissonant. Yeah. So in the same way, in your life, you have these baby. These right. babies that are crying, these dissonant things, and these are the generally repetitive thought patterns that exist in your mind. And so you can sit. This is something I just discovered, and, and it, because a lot of people they um, don't know what they want, mm-hmm. 
one of the first problems is people don't know what they want. Right, of course. And when you ask someone, what do you want? They will immediately come out, they'll invent something. They'll fake it yeah. because they feel like they should have something yeah. they want. And so they'll fake what they what it is they want. So they'll come up with something that's always something quite lofty. Right. And they'll say, well, generally they'll say, I, I, I want to word peace. Yes. Right. <laughs> or I want to be a better person. Ooh. It's like, I, I, it's unqualifiable. I would, I would punch somebody right right there. Like, I want to be a better person. <laughs> just, yeah. Conversation is over. I'll just punch you in the face yeah. immediately. It's like, it's, but, pile of money. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's a... It, they're, they're not saying it because they really want to be a better... I mean, everyone sure. wants to be a better... Sure. No, one, no one wants to be... If you, give, if you come up to any human being and you say, do you want to be a worse person or right. a better person? They're always going to say, oh, better, please. Right. I'll take better yeah. if that's on the menu. But <laughs> the... The, um, the... The... So, the... The idea is, or a very important thing in the beginning of um, becoming, transforming your life, or moving towards a, a state of perfection, is to understand what you want. It's like right. the most crucial um, thing. It's the very first step in every single endeavor, human endeavor right. is to know what you want. Yeah. So uh, it almost should be the number one goal or the first goal is to know what you want. That's a very yep. valid goal is to know what you want. And there's a way you can figure out what you want. And the way to figure out what you want is to sit down with a notebook and to write down the thought patterns that emerge in your head that cause you the most anxiety. So if you walk around and you think to yourself more than you would like to, I'm fat. I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like looking at myself in the mirror naked. I don't like taking my shirt off around girls. I don't like going to the beach because I have to take my shirt off and swim in front of people and I feel ashamed of my body. If this is a thought pattern that comes into your mind over and over again, um, which it does for a great many of sure. us, um, then what you do is you put a mirror to that. And the, re the reversal of that will be your goal. And, and so you take, it will be what you want. It'll inevitably right. be what you want. So you take all the ideas, you write them out, you put down their opposites, and you will find that sitting in front of you is a list of awesome goals. Right. For, so, for example, if one of the things that you think about a lot is like, man, I don't know, fucking girls, they don't like me. Like, I, I, girls I freak, freak, I freak girls out. Reverse that. Mm-hmm. The goal is I want to be the I want to be right. the type of person that is attractive to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of you course. know, and 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 that is a valid goal. And by the way, on that note, sorry, just for the sake of the camera. Uh -oh. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> so many people are afraid to admit that they want to fuck all the time. Right. They don't want to. You don't want to write that down. You want to. You want to write down this. Maybe you. I right, think right. You, you're yeah, very yeah. open-minded about sex, <laughs> and and I think that might be. But you know, I think people in in the United States are a little bit more hung up right. than people from other from other countries, especially Europe, because people people here get really hung up about wanting to fuck. Right. Real crazy, deeply hung up about uh -huh. wanting to have sex. They think it's dirty, bad. Yeah. They literally think it's a dirty desire. Like, it's bad. They think it's like it, you, women will uh, feel very guilty sure. about wanting to have sex. And, and so they, they'll, they, like, a lot of times a woman will be really attracted to you and um, will spend, like, many days 
ignoring her impulse to have sex with you out of a sense that you'll think something's wrong with right, her. Right, right, right. Which is totally the way, I mean, you're right. That's how uh, so many people think that way, and it's sickening. Even we're talking about, actually, before we were on, we we're talking about porn and uh, Duncan's strange acquaintances. But <laughs> in that regard, we're talking about how so much porn is just gross porn really it's just like it's appealing to the sense of defilement gross it's not about good sex it's not about and you know don't make me sound like some christian lady or something far from it i want to see hot people having sex i'm all for it the more the better but healthy happy people who have good vibes about them that to me is exciting watching some random gangbang in the middle of a dirty bathroom that yeah that i don't find that sexual i find that just disgusting you know i don't find anything that's uh appealing to Ooh, that's so hot i just like jesus you're you're excited about you know some people just grinding into each other in the trash that to me is not exactly speaking uh healthy sex on on any level or a healthy attitude towards sex rather yeah it's it's a it's, yeah it's a it's a um uh sort of a, 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 I think, very reactionary. Yeah. And it, it's like when, um, you know, the something builds up pressure and doesn't have the right kind of release mechanism, then it, it comes then out in the, in the wrong exactly. way. So it's like the other side of the hardcore Puritan crap about never any sex, then you have uh, the gangbang. Uh, it's fucking Black the, Sabbath right. singing about Satan. It's exactly. the same fucking thing. It's like, come on, this is the most rudimentary yeah. form of perversion. I just went to a, uh, I'm friends with um, a great dominatrix. Anyone out there is interested. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I went to her once on the podcast and I, I guess it's not my thing, but for some people they really love right. it. Her name's Mistress Justine Cross. Check her out. I think she's right around here if any of you guys want to go. She's an expert <laughs> in modulating pain, but she invited me to this, um, uh, she invited me to this fetish party uh, and I was sitting at home. All right. And I was just about to get stoned and start playing Skyrim, like, uh, and I'm like, and, and she fucking, I get this text, and uh, I'm like, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing if you don't do it, it haunts right. you for the rest of, of your course. life. You've been invited to a fetish party by a dominatrix. You fucking yep. go. You do yep. not play yep. video games. <laughs> I, I concur. Yes. But I really had to whip my body, you know, whip myself to, to no, no, I guess right. I didn't mean to use that terminology. <laughs> But anyway, right. I, you know, I went there and, um, you know, it, it was really cool, to, but it's not cool for the reasons that you think it is. One thing that's cool about it is everyone there is really nice. Nice. Let you know what that. I mean? Like in, an, in a real way, not in like a bullshit way. Like you two could, But you're surrounded by people dressed in fucking leather vests, right. black masks, a guy dressed like some kind of like cave goblin people you know like you're you're around you're around people who are like real f- true freaks but they're all really warm and sweet that's good i dig that and i think the reason that that is is because uh they're not repressing their right. desires right and so there's this health that comes out of that as opposed to when you run into a group of uh, people at like a uh, traditional honky dance club mm-hmm. where they're like dancing to like shit music and they're kind of like the guys are all like doing the thing where their heads are turning around they're kind of acting like you know like it's like it's so much more repressed yep, in that course. situation yep. and so much weirder yep. in a lot of ways 
than some than people fucking walking around with ball gags in their mouth. <laughs> you know, and there's yeah. something about the traditional way that the West oh. or some people in the West approach sex that is a million times more demented oh, yeah. than okay. than uh, S and M. Um, but still, S and M. That's what I'm saying. Is it, it, it's not it. The surprising thing about it is that it's not dark in the way that you would expect things to be dark. Right. Because, I mean, it boils down to your attitude. Uh, uh, the action itself is not even it. You know, the same exact thing, depending on who the people are involved, changes completely. The thing that I find gross about a lot of porn is that the vibe about it is shitty. Yeah. It's not the actions. I'm all for them in every single one of them. They are beautiful. I love you. Except that you're a crappy person and you're putting that out and you're spoiling sex by your mediocrity essentially yeah mediocrity is the right word for it isn't it isn't part of what makes it disturbing porn uh that that's not good porn is when you recognize that both actors are just doing like shitty acting like Mm -hmm. neither of them want to fuck sure and so you're watching and you're like come on guys really like (laughs) you can enjoy this like you can't enjoy this so like you know they do the inevitably the woman is doing the like oh yeah oh yeah it's just so good like it's called indicating and acting it's called indicating fake porn noises are the worst Uh, ever oh yeah Yeah. oh baby it's like you don't like that come on you're not fooling anybody but when you watch the greats what makes them so specifically awesome to watch is they love it they're into it they're deeply enjoying it and Mm -hmm. that's fucking hot there's something about that that is so incredible to watch like and so rare right you know and and so yeah, in that situation where someone's truly engaged in an activity and fully loving it, you uh-huh. can you see that the love itself, the enjoyment itself, has the amazing effect of transforming something right. that in on paper is considered by many people to be one of the most vile, blasphemous things that anyone could do, which is fuck on camera right. for money. Yeah. It can transform it Absolutely. into a beautiful, mystical thing. Absolutely. But I guess it takes Unfortunately, the numbers are not very good in the sense that for everyone that you run into is like that, there are like 999 who are yuck, you know, that kind of spoil it. And in that sense, it's weird because to me, it's like it can be, I could spend like 24 hour a day watching if it was that, except that most of the time is not. And it's actually the exact opposite. It's like some perverted Puritan let loose who's having their idea of what sex is, which is that's not even sex that's like some nasty weird crap you know what i mean is like when it's what you are describing that's a whole different game well that's know? that that's and, uh, the game and what that, that that's the fucking what we're all going for in different yeah. ways not just through sex right. but through life in general right. it's like when you approach an activity from the place of being completely passionately absorbed into what's amazing mm-hmm. about it then that activity is suddenly imbued with a mystical energy that brings you closer to experiencing like the harmonious life right. that we all want but if you're approaching life from a fake perspective right. if you're going for these things from the point of view of an actor then inevitably the end result is failure which is why the most important thing in the beginning is to establish what you really want mm-hmm. honestly right honestly Write it down. What? No one has to look at it. Write it down. What do you want? 
You want to fucking shoot heroin? Do you have the desire to shoot right. heroin? Don't pretend you don't. Write that fucking down. Right. Do you know? Do you want to? Do you want to be with a fucking prostitute? Right. Do you want to experience the darkest um, uh, sexual experience that you can have? Whatever that is, whatever your right. dark, terrible fantasy is that you think so fucking awful, write it down. Right. Start where you're at, not where you want to be. Sure. Start where you're at and fucking go in the direction of your desires because yeah, i mean what's gonna happen is otherwise is uh people start because i mean in u.s especially people work like crazy i mean what what the hell the average job give you what two week of vacation a year or something i don't know about you guys but if you work like a dog for 50 weeks and if it's not a job that you love love like you're passionate about where it's not even a job but if it's something eh, it doesn't make you throw up but you know you do it because it's a paycheck after 50 weeks, when you have time off and you supposedly figure out what you want, it's like, ah, now I have time to figure out what I want. You don't even remember. You know, you're like, yeah. now I have the time and I want to do shit. I don't remember what I want to do because I spent the last 50 weeks every, every second of my time taken up with. And now I don't remember what it means to be me. And in two weeks, you don't even have the time to switch gear and start looking around yeah. and feeling what yeah. it is that you want. You're back to work. And we're, you know, people retire, what, 65, 60, whatever. If you have done for 40 plus years of your life some shitty job that you hate or you tolerate, by the time you're 65, you know, all you have energy for is to crawl into an RV and head out somewhere and go, look, Marta, that's Grand Canyon. And, you know, pass out and die because <laughs> all your energy has been sucked out of you yeah. for 40 plus years. There's the vampire. So, exactly. Yeah. So to me is when people don't, figure it out don't even try to figure it out i mean that should be your number one priority from the second you know how to piece in a pot you should be able to focus in on this on what is that you want to get out of this what is that makes you happy at the end of the day that's it brother and, and i remember once i was graduating college there was this super ridiculously hot woman i was talking with and i was she was giving me this vibe of like evil evil there's something horrible about her but i was like no, she's a really sweet human being. Let me get to know her better, you know, because she was hot, right? And uh, I remember asking her, you know, what makes you happy? You know, what is that you want to get out of all this? And she looked at me and she was like, I don't know what makes me happy. I don't have time to figure it out. I just want to start making some money. And I was like, fuck. Okay, on that note, thanks for clarifying because <laughs> no one looks good enough for me to put up with this shit. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't have time to figure out what makes you happy yeah. when you're 22 or some shit. Yeah. Like, when are you going to have it? When you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week? Or It's like, pfft, wow, you know. Yeah, what a fucking zombie. Yeah, because then you live somebody else's life, you know, and you make your money, you spend it because you're miserable and so you need to have something to make you feel good for five minutes and then you have to work even more and then you have to... And you go through this whole cycle and then you're dead and you are never alive to begin with. That's you know, it. you live somebody else's life and done. Well, this is like Gurdjieff what talks about this. You know about Gurdjieff? Mm -hmm. And he talks about the idea that you grow a soul. Right. You're not born with a soul. It's right. something you earn. You grow your own soul mm -hmm. over time based on not being an automaton or not walking around like a like the Tin Man, you know, right. without a... What did the Tin Man want? A, br a heart. Right. The yeah. Tin Man wanted a fucking heart or a brain. Tin Man wanted a heart. 
Tin Man wanted a fucking heart, and that's the idea. It's like you're a goddamn Tin Man until you right. get the, you till you grow your soul, and to grow your soul, you have to be brave. Yep. You have to be courageous, and you have to know what you want for real, honestly. Absolutely. That's the terrain you're on, and over time, the pursuit of the thing will transform you so that you actually do find yourself becoming altruistic, right. not out of some silly narcissistic idea to sure. uh, correspond with your uh, foggy idea of what a good person's like, but because you're actually engaging in life in a way that is so potent and happy that you tend to do nice things for right. the people around you because you're fucking loving it, yeah. man. Absolutely. It's, it's, the, it's the, um, the notion is you're a... There's a lot of different funny ways to frame it. I have a couple ways that I like to frame it. One of the ways I like to frame it is the is the idea that you're an alchemist. Your life is a laboratory, and all the different variables are the various elixirs and uh, elements uh, that you're using to try to create um, a certain effect, mm -hmm. an elixir that brings happiness. And the elixir is your goals. And so... Um, uh, like any scientist working in a laboratory, sometimes there are malfunctions. You don't mix the right things together and it creates explosions. And these explosions, is these are the things that happen when a relationship ends. These are the things that happen when you lose someone. These are the things that happen when whatever goes wrong goes wrong right. and their fumes rise up from the alchemical altar of your life and these fumes intoxicate you and in that intoxication you lose track of your will and that's when you get stuck in periods of, for days sure. you've been wandering around with your mind just zooming around thinking about what the fuck would how why wouldn't you, why would she do that to me i can't right. fucking believe someone could be that shallow and you're in your car oh, yeah. and that's all you so this to me is the very same thing as when someone fucks up in the laboratory gets some psychoactive substance on their hand and like goes into a weird intoxicated period so you have to like sober up and the idea that doesn't mean sober up literally if you want to sober up sober up literally it means sober up from the specific neurological shifts that are happening as a result from your attachment to expectation and circumstance right. so you come back to yourself you look around the laboratory inevitably shits in disarray because there was just an explosion beakers have fallen <laughs> off the fucking counter you know what i mean there's problems your house is a mess right. you're fat your friends are pissed there's a lot of fucking work that you have to do to start getting that laboratory back in place and then you start over again only now you've learned right you take fucking notes like a scientist yep. you've learned okay Here's what happens when I mix those two fucking mm -hmm. things together. Here's what's happened. Here's what happens when I start engaging in a serious relationship with someone who clearly isn't right for me. Right. Here's what happens when I work on a job that I never belonged at in the first place. Here's what happens when I confront someone in the wrong way. It creates a shit explosion. Right. You know what I mean? And and so now how do I like try to combine the elements in a way that are more harmonious. Right. And this is the magical pursuit in life. And this is why Crowley says, any action that you take to bring your will or to manifest your will in the world is a magical act. Mm -hmm. It's a ritual. Ritualize your life as you, so, that, so that you can um, imbue your pursuit for your goals with a kind of metaphysical power that, that will... Uh, make it, will add a certain enthusiasm right. to your activity. 
God, I'm sorry for that rant. What the fuck did I just say? <laughs> this, by the way, this comes to you from the same man who was going off for half hour aban- abandoned sperm in dark places, growing strange <laughs> things. It's the same one who's going to go, you know, because Alistair Crowley and Metafits, like... The, those two are the same people, believe us. We haven't switched him earlier in Needle of Things with same guy. Dude, it's just a laboratory, man, and sometimes you fuck bottles in the laboratory. I mean, seriously, man, it's like, it's not your... And number one is back. <laughs> no, this is the thing. Dude, this is the idea. We are human beings. We are depraved. Right. Have you ever seen fucking... Uh, monkeys at yeah, the zoo how right. filthy they are they're like they're fisting each other they're just like just <laughs> drinking each other's piss that's in us right you know like it exists within us and 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 the 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 to, to cut yourself off and i know you're not ever would not even suggesting that at all but it's like i think that the idea is the more that you can acknowledge not just the light side of yourself but also the dark side of yourself uh the more you'll find that balance that's represented in the yin yang which we should talk about Mm -hmm. since this podcast is about taoism isn't that the coolest symbol on earth yes i mean whoever the chinese man or woman who came up with the yin yang symbol thousands of years ago because it even predates uh, the um, the actual writing of the tao te ching or the taoist text is my hero, you know. Every time I look at the Yin Yang, which by now is like the most typical, almost stereotypical mm-hmm. image ever. People who have no idea what the fuck it is, tattoo it on their arms yes. or whatever. And at the same time, is if you're looking for symbols, I mean, it doesn't get any damn deeper than the Yin Yang symbol. There are like 10,000 ways I can think of that's the most conceptually brilliant thing in the universe. But I don't know, give us one. Let's. What's your take on the? Why do you dig the yin yang symbol? What What do you think? Well, you're about? dealing with you know, bi- it's a it's a binary, mm-hmm. right? And right. it's it's the it's the uh, it's the um, that it's a, so very simple. Yet the interactions of those two energies uh, are plenty to create the entire known universe. Right. You know, and so that that's one reason I like it. Uh, it's freebasing my understanding of Taoism. And by the way, I think you should explain Taoism to people because I'm not going to be able to explain it in the right way. Gladly. But my understanding of it is, or, or before you go, I'll just say it reminds me of freebasing mm-hmm. religion. It's like you've condensed everything in every religion down to its most simple, right. lightning, or, 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 or super hot core. Right. Which is why many people don't even know about Taoism, and many people just fucking ignore it because it's too goddamn it's too complicated, simple. Right? Well, no, simple it's, so, complicated. it's exactly. so simple. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. fucking super complex. So yeah, now yeah. maybe you can explain it to people because that's as bad. Yeah, there's a there. line by Lao Tzu, the mythological creator of the Tao Te Ching, because nobody knows who the hell really wrote and it. And doesn't Lao Tzu mean old boy? Yeah, exactly. It's like that's a paradox in and of itself. I'm actually gonna go into his story in one second, but one line that come to mind in respect to what you are saying, there's this line that always cracks me up. He says, uh, "My teachings are very easy to understand and very easy to practice." But nobody understands them and nobody practices them. <laughs> it's beautiful, you know. It's like it's like Nietzsche put it as a subtitle of his book, a book for everyone and no one. You know, it's yes. like theoretically is really simple, 
because it doesn't require any specific strange weird knowledge it's the basic elements of life but people are so distant from what's natural from in a way the essence of things that they complicate shit needlessly and then something that is the simplest thing ever they will never be able to get it because it's too uh rooted in you know if you chase artificial crap all day long you're not going to be able to look at something natural and simple and recognize it for what it is but yeah the story some of the stories about taoism that are awesome is uh, the guy supposedly wrote the tao te ching they name Lao Tzu, but as duncan was mentioning the translation is old boy so it's not even a family name or anything it's a paradox in and of itself he's emphasizing this dude who's supposed to be really young and really old at the same time there are some random mythological tales about him from the guy who was supposed to be, have been born when he was uh, 80 years old. So he popped out of his mom, an 80-year-old man with a beard, laughing, you know, yes. so op- the opposite of everything that you're supposed to do when yeah. you're a baby. And you're <laughs> clearly is a metaphor, you know, nobody's taking that literally. Yes. Uh, well, I hope. But the... Um, story about his life at one point they say that um, nobody knows what he did or something one possibility is that he worked uh, in the imperial library and when he was really old he decided he was done he was leaving town but he had gained this following and this fame for being this brilliant amazing philosopher absolute genius so a guard at the edge of town heard that he was about to leave and he was like aren't you gonna leave something behind or are you gonna distill your teachings for those of you who haven't been able to listen to you you know all my friends are telling me you're this amazing human being please write it down like so think about it for about 0.2 second and say nah sorry man i got other <laughs> stuff to do you know i have been thank you but no thanks i'm out <laughs> the guard at the gate say well fuck you lot so sorry because i'm the guard at the gate and i'm not letting you out through the gate of town not only that but there's actually a really comfy jail right here in the corner and i'm gonna throw you in there here is some paper here is a pen or whatever the fuck people use in china three to 2500 years ago to write and uh, so have fun working when you're done i'll open the gate and you can go you know so the story of the Tao Te Ching is that supposedly coming to being because the author got to be thrown in jail and that's to come up with something good or he'll stay in jail. So for the next three days, he writes these 81 poems and then give them to the guard. Guard take a look. Say, yeah, that's good shit. I like it. Okay, now you can go. So this is, now here's, the, here's an important thing, I think, a way for the people can apply this to their own life. Here's what that represents to me. What we have here is the samsara, the idea of the endless cycle of birth and death. Mm-hmm. We have humans... Uh, the, the the idea that we are perpetually trapped in the material universe until uh, until we uh, gain enlightenment or realization, right? And so you've got the gatekeeper, right? The guard, right? Who is trying to keep someone who is wisdom has reached this kind of uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, who, uh, perfect fermentation, like it, it it's right there, and he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. The, he's an old man. He's been in this city his entire life this dimension right. that we're in now and before he can split it's almost as though there's some force in the universe it's like no 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 you got to right. fucking leave a little bit behind right or 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 you're you're you, in it, or or you're going to have to stay here right. and so that's the idea man it's like so many people are trapped in their own mm-hmm. fucking prison trapped in their own in their own weird you know walled city right. and they don't understand that no the moment you you, you put out what you know in the right way Maybe that's when the gates open up. Right. 
You know, is this a real story? I don't think so. This no, sounds I mean, like this is pure legend. You this know, this feels encoded. Yeah, it's totally it's a legend. I mean, I don't think again nobody take anything historically seriously. But people even question whether it was one guy or a multiple guy who contributed to writing the Tao Te Ching. Nobody knows for sure. But the, in in a way, another side to that story is the fact that Taoists are renowned for being a bit hesitant to commit anything to paper, so to speak, because. Uh, people then turn it into a dogma. We'll misunderstand right. it, we'll turn it into a dogma, and we'll completely miss the point of what they are trying to say. So this idea is that communication face-to-face is one thing. Communication in any other fashion gets easily mistaken. That's why the very first line of the Tao Te Ching, there, I mean, there are a million translations out there, but one of the best mm, translations say the Tao, the Tao that can be explained it's not, is not the eternal Tao. And that's the first line, which could also be the last line, right? Because he said, you know, sorry, can't be done. I can't explain it. Nobody can. Book is closed. No, that's just the beginning of the book. It's like once we understand each other that words are limited and people, you need to reach for the spirit behind those words more than get stuck in some little dogmatic battle with people about the true meaning of anything, then we can have a chat on it. There's the other major Taoist thing or Chuan Tzu, say the same thing but in funnier way he said where can I find the man who has forgotten words so that I can have a word with him (laughs) (laughs) and again his point is once we understand that words are limited we're using them to pass something else energy to pass something deeper then we can use words you know no biggie but don't get stuck on the words because that's how all stupid dogma is created yeah People miss the point, get attached to the letter of it all, and turn it into the opposite of what it's supposed to mean. So it's kind of funny that way because they are. That's why explaining Taoism in a way is impossible because you can you can and you can't at the same time. Uh, you have to pass a vibe about Taoism. You sort of throw something out there, like in Zen they talk about the wise man pointing at the moon. And so the communication is like that pointing, trying to reach you. Look, it's the fucking moon right there. That's the deep spiritual. This is what we're talking about. And people get stuck looking at, at the finger, missing the missing what they are trying yeah. to convey. Or the old, uh, I like to think of it in the form of uh, people uh, driving to the beach and not getting out of the car. It's right. like you got the whole point is to get, you know, fucking exactly. have fun at the beach. Yeah. And, and, and like... The, imagine this is something I've actually I've been thinking about like I don't know how to do this but I've been wanting to shoot a video showing all the different what the religions would be like mm-hmm. if they applied that same dogma to having fun at the beach right because they'd all have like different strict rules <laughs> right. about it you know what I mean like right. here's there's only one way to have fun at the beach right. or there's That's only no one beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah or like you know can you imagine like sitting with kids and being like no 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 this is the way that you build a sandcastle. This is the way we've been taught to build sandcastles. Right. It's like all the fun of the beach is gone. Right, of course. So you, you say, and you have like with religion, you have the prophets, and the prophets seem to be people who were so fucking having such a great fucking time at the mm-hmm. beach that all these people came around them to hang out with them because it's so fun. They're like, no, no, you can body surf. No one's done it before, but check right. it out. You can body surf on the waves. There's all these tricks you can do out here. It's a fucking blast. And then those people were like, oh my God, you're right. I didn't realize how much fun you could fucking have here. <laughs> and then those people, uh, they spread that. And finally, somehow through this, it just gets... The next thing you know, you've got a bunch of people who are sitting at the fucking beach in goddamn burkas. Right. 
you know, like they're sitting at the beach in fucking uncomfortable clothes, pretending to have fun. Right. Yeah. 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 They stopped swimming in the water a long time ago. It's right there in front of them, but they're just like, no, I go in there. I go in the water. And with Taoism, it's like I can understand this idea, which is like, look, I could tell you what it's like to surf the wave I just surfed. But there's no fucking way that you're going to be able to apply the way I surf that wave to any other wave. Right. And th- and that's the beauty of Taoism right there. It's cool that you even use the water image because Taoists are huge in the image of water flowing. That's, and that's the point is you cannot apply the same rule to different situations. You know, everybody in the universe is looking for some simple recipe that they can follow in each situation. That's what all religions do. They give you a recipe. They give you the platform of do A, B, and C, and then life will be good. It won't be so scary. You won't fuck things up so bad. When you start following the recipe, you've already fucked up. It's because you're not in tune with yes. the way things are, yeah. and you're going by some... Somebody told me that this worked back then, so I should apply. And it probably did work back then, but it was a different context, different situation, different individuals involved. The whole point of Taoism is it's kind of like being around a great chef. I don't know if you guys ever had you know, somebody in your family who can cook really good or something. I remember asking my grandma for recipes. You know, How do we make this thing that's so damn awesome? I want to eat it again. I want to learn how to do it myself. And she would be like, well, you put a little bit of this. And I'm like, what the fuck is a little bit you know give me numbers give me something you know and like and you let it cook for a while I'm like you're not helping me or uh, let's go again and the point is yeah. when you have an, the nose for it you don't need a damn recipe you know what I mean and Taoism in a sense is telling you rules are for people who are too stupid to live without rules right. so if you are that stupid you do need rules because otherwise you'll hurt yourself and others and so you should stick to those rules that's why the Taoist somewhat um, elitist thing they don't try to convince you to follow their way you know all religions are trying to convince you to follow them Taoists don't more often than not they try to say you know what maybe it's too messy for you go play with confucianism you know it's safe yeah. for you it's easier you know it will help you not fuck things up too bad just be a good confucianist you know don't try yeah. to play with us you get hurt you know yeah because it requires sensitivity you know a lot of Taoist idea require which is ultimately what the yin yang symbol is about is the balance is constantly shifting you know the whole idea of these opposite energies that are out there which everything is made of opposites man woman uh, light, darkness, you know, all of, and most religions categorize these things as good or evil, and that's completely fucking it up. It's missing the point that life is made of this opposite energy, that they work together, that they are. Sometimes the jizz in the fleshlight <laughs> is you white. Going back there. <laughs> Fresh and white. Sometimes the yeah. jizz in the fleshlight is black. Right. Not white. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Tao that according to Duncan, Duncan Trussell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, the Tao of the flashlights. That's where we are. Yeah, and one of the things that I dig so much about the yin yang is that, unlike, you know, according to most religions, if most religions were to design the same symbol, there would be this field of white, this field of black, and this one line in between separating the two, like the Berlin Wall or some shit. Forget the little dot in each field is like absolute good is absolute good, absolute evil is absolute evil, and they are like fighting each other constantly. Right. The yin yang, they are having sweet, tender sex with each other. Yeah. You know, they have these two sides around this curve and they are constantly 
they are in play, they are in flux, they are mixing with each other and the balance is constantly changing. That's why you cannot apply the same approach, the same balance of energy to all situations because they are different. You know, in some cases you'll need 99% yang and just a tiny bit of yin. In some cases you'll need the opposite. In some cases it's 60-40. In some cases you need to, life is constantly changing and so you need to be able to adapt to it constantly. And that to me is the beauty of it all is that it's the most anti-dogmatic symbol ever in that sense because it's about sensitivity and the ability to feel things and apply them in the moment. And of course, you can't really build a religion on that because you're appealing to a very individual, subjective feel for how things are, which are you going to... Exp- it goes back to... It's simple if you feel it. If you don't feel it, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about and it's complicated. And so that's that paradox of it's simple and complicated at the same time. And people don't... Look, man, what you said about Confucianism is so true. There's just some people who ain't interested. No. They don't want that kind of trip. Yeah, of course They not. don't want that kind of safari. They want that. They want a. They want a Disneyland safari and a right. nice thing that goes by plastic dinosaurs and ends with a fucking soda. Right. They don't want to. They don't want to go out into the forest and really learn how to hunt. They don't want to go into the forest and start a fire. Right. I mean, shit. If you're twenty five hundred years ago in China somewhere and somebody start going off about these things and you're like, dude, I I'm a farmer and I have a sick goat and I want an altar so I can pray so that the gods yes. heal my goats and shut the fuck up about all this philosophy because you're just annoying me. You know? Yeah, uh-huh. I, yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. Let they well, let me exist in the fucking right. in this simple structure that I can hang my actions on because this other way that you're describing it is not appealing. Yep, 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 absolutely. So I don't know. I mean, I. I love this stuff so much because to me it's about everything and you don't have to be Taoist to be in tune with it you know what if anything you shouldn't be Taoist because that's missing the point right Uh, and I don't know it's like the theme of paradox the theme of uh, because I mean paradox people don't get it they think it's a contradiction that's it's completely different thing from paradox paradox in a way is putting together things that most people keep separate but just because most people keep it separate all the time doesn't mean it should be kept separate. And so paradox is not only hilariously funny, but is at the roots of how life is. You know, yes. pa- life is complicated and paradoxically, but take it away. Tell me about paradox. Fuck yeah. The goddamn <laughs> fusion, brother. We're talking about fusion here. You're talking about the result. Uh, what, what, where, you know, I just found this out from watching Carl Sagan. Where do photons come from? Photons come from um, uh, hydrogen. Uh, hydrogen particles being fused together in the uh, super heat of the sun, it causes a photon to get released, and those photons from the from hydrogen being fused into helium are apparently what causes light to happen on this planet. So here we have a paradox, right? Here we right. have a fucking paradox that's resulting inside the sun where disparate elements are being... F- and this is like, by the way, the root of all life and all... Mm-hmm. all, all Everything is a result of uh, the energy release coming from fusion reactions inside of fucking suns. If that ain't paradox, I don't know what is. It's like this blending together of two things under super rarefied conditions is literally the source of all existence on the planet. Mm -hmm. So Taoism – so I think with Taoism, you would say that it's not – imitating what's happening in the nuclear cores of sun because i doubt lao Tzu was aware of what that was but the sun 
or that that thing that's happening is a reflection of the Tao. Yep. It's a reflection of this transcendent, ever-shifting structure and the way that uh, from bringing these two different things together, uh, which is paradox, which is one of the most beautiful things ever, of course, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the fuel of novelty, right? Paradox is the is the is 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 the one the recipe for novelty whenever um one event and 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 some completely disparate event meet it always will create a brand new thing which is why it's funny that he called himself old boy right? right because to me that that is the definition of novelty because what is novelty novelty is um something brand new happening Within a universe that is infinitely old, mm-hmm. you know, so yep. so that that to me is is uh, why Lao Tzu is is named after a paradox right. because novelty is very very old and brand brand new, and this is how I've always pictured God is this constantly this thing that is constantly brand new that's always replenishing itself in a completely right. new way, yet. Very old. Look at the fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. Waves. Yep. Waves are com- wave. The ocean's so goddamn old, but every wave is brand new. Exactly. Every wave is totally different. Yep. And one of a kind. Yeah. One yep. of a kind. The ocean is an old boy. Right. Exactly. The Absolutely. ocean is Lao Tzu. Yep. <laughs> the ocean is. We found him. We finally <laughs> found him. Yes. I knew it. <laughs> no, but it's true, and that's what. To me, the coolest part about this stuff and the yin-yang and all of that is that everywhere I turn, I see it. You know what I mean? And not because I got hit in the head too many times and I've seen funny. It's because it literally is in all things. You know what I mean? And so yes. that's why I dig it so much. And um, You are it. You're the Tao talking. You're the Tao doing a podcast, right? One and only. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, man, how much would that suck if the Dow went on American Idol and you realize it's just like kind of a crappy singer? Yeah, and you want second place. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, you know, if anything's the Dow, you're it, man. You're you're really like tuned into something in a in a very specific way that uh, I fucking love, man. With these conversations with you, man, they're so that you you really are good at bringing me to like see things in ways I haven't seen them before. It's so refreshing, man. It's really cool. And speaking of paradox, again, same conversation. We go from flashlight in dark places to the deep meaning of the universe to everything in between. That's a paradox right there. And that's what makes it fun. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, as a comedian, I'm sure you get the paradox is funny. You know, that's Always. the coolness of it is combining these things that don't seem to mix. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's in, yeah, it's a circuit, right? Yeah. Isn't it a circuit kind mm-hmm. of like you're bringing together like isn't that what creates a circuit is bringing negatively charged or, or things charged like when you put batteries together. Right. It's the pluses and the negatives right. that you're yep. sticking together to 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 create the energy release, you know? Yin Yang yet again. Yeah. Working right now in your batteries. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in your it's in yeah, it's 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 a circuit, you know. And and it's fun to do that, you know. It's fun to introduce into your life new things that, that maybe shouldn't be there. This creates novelty, you know, like you 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 go out into the world and you do something that you normally never would ever do. Very simple things you can do. You can you can give a bouquet of flowers to a complete stranger. You can um, you can uh, out of the blue give a completely unexpected gift to a distant friend or someone that you don't even know. You can 
render all kinds of crazy service to people, and this introduces a brand new element not only into your life but into their life. Right. You know, and that 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 can create some amazing sparks and amazing um, that can really bring magic into your life. I like that you were use the word sparks because that really is the interactions that we have. It sparks. Mm-hmm. And even if it's 30 years till you see somebody again, if it's a lasting, great two minutes, that's a spark that'll stick with you forever. Right. Because what you're talking about, the, the, the random flower bouquet, one thing I love to do, I have a $20 bill in my wallet at all times, and any time, I don't care who he is, what he is, who she is, if I see somebody putting $3 into their gas tank, I'll have to put 20 in. Yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! And you know what's surprising? It's about... Thirty percent turn down rate too. Some some people don't. Some, I don't know if it's pride or what, but some people aren't good at accepting. Uh, th- that's another thing, man. You've got it. You can't just be the part that gives. You have to be the part that takes. And yeah. some people aren't good at being the part that takes. They don't understand that if they would just accept. Because a lot of times, man, the universe is fucking banging on your door yeah. with a bouquet of flowers, a twenty dollar bill, and a million other gifts. And you ain't opening it. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, no, no, no. That's not the way. That's not the knock of the universe. Oh, that's the You're- old joke. The guy jumps into the middle of the ocean, and a boat comes by. So I'm waiting for the God for that's God to it. save. Oh. Second boat comes by. You know, I'm waiting for God to save. And yeah. He drowns. Gets up to heaven. God, where the fuck were you? I sent you two boats. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's yep. it. Because yep. yep. people yep. have in their minds the way it's gonna look. Yes. I know what my soulmate would be like, or I know what my friends would Mm -hmm. act like, or I know what a fucking enlightened person would be like, or I know what this and that. And this is why Taoism, again, emphasizes you can't know it. If you know it, you ruin it. If you know it, it's not what it is. If you know it, you've turned it into a rudimentary, infinitesimal uh, pixel of how incredibly beautiful and potent and powerful it could be. You gotta fuck the flashlight of life, people! <laughs> Just because it looks like a can does not mean it's not a pussy! <laughs> man, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. That's beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Oh, one thing before I forget. Uh, did um, did they take care of you already? I have one. Dots Asura. Yeah, he got two bags already. I got a bag. That's beautiful. I love man. them, Dots Asura. Uh, Oh, yeah. Is he sponsoring you? Uh, he's, uh, he's cool. He's a nice guy, and he makes all these products made of hemp. He makes all these bags and stuff. We don't have a sponsorship or anything because he has no money either. He so, will soon. DSgear.com. Check it out. These fucking bags are incredible. Go to DSgear.com. They're made of hemp. That means that uh, they're resistant to microbes. They're great for the environment. They look fucking cool, and they're tough as fucking hell, man. They're awesome. It's my new favorite backpack, and they also have got like really weird different pockets that I that are very useful if you shoplift a lot it's awesome it's great for shoplifting yeah. there's also a link on our site yeah there's a link on our site that's what we did we did an affiliate thing so we have a link on our site so you know you guys are in the market for bags computer bags backpacks whatever click it through our site he's a cool guy good for him if he makes some money 
cool if you do it through our site, but either case, they are fun, you know, I, plus when I'm carrying that stuff, it, I know, you know, I get industrial amp is not a drug and there's no THC and that's why it should be blah, 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 blah. Still, the thought that it comes from amp and the thought that sometimes I could just cut them up and try to smoke it makes me happy. Even though I know it's not going to work, it still makes me happy. But, and not, not to mention that the name that they come up with is a Japanese term, which I didn't even know there was such a term. Is a term for somebody who has abandoned corporate life. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's an awesome yeah. name for a company. It's beautiful. So, it represents freedom. And yeah. God damn it, man. I swear to God, I I will have these types of bags for the rest of my life because they're fucking well made. And yep. I, I rip back packs to shreds. You guys definitely should check these things out. Cool. Awesome. Well, Duncan, you're the man. You're the man. Rich, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Fun, man. Oh, that was awesome, dude. That was a Love good one, it. man. That was yep. great, man.